wedding planners can have a bad rep. And I'm pretty convinced that the low barrier to entry has a lot to do with it. Welcome to the Refine Podcast with Amber Anderson, where wedding planners like you come to be encouraged and challenged through radical honesty, tough love, and brilliant ideas. As a former personal trainer turned wedding planner and now educator, Amber is known for helping wedding planners grow through her no BS yet considerate and thoughtful approach. The Refined Podcast tackles the issues you think about but fear bringing up, all with Amber's trademark sass and wit. So as you listen, be sure to hit that subscribe button, making sure you never miss that one little nugget that could change it all for you. Welcome back to another episode of the Refine Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about becoming a wedding planner and what that experience is like and the lack of experience that people have when entering a very low barrier entry industry and the impact and, you know, trickle down effect that that has. Okay. So, you know, if you think about it, wedding planners at times can have that reputation of being bossy and controlling and, you know, flustered despite needing to be the one cool, calm, and collected. And, you know, sometimes you see these different wedding pro categories saying, hey, I don't want to work with planners or planners, you know, this and the other. And, and having done some recent surveys, by and large, wedding pros will say that working with a planner does make their life easier. But there are so many that are just like not having it. And it makes me wonder what experiences are they having? My goodness, right? So I'm going to talk about that a little bit. And hopefully this is a podcast that serves two purposes. One, if you're a new or aspiring wedding planner, there's a lot you can learn here. Two, if you're a wedding pro in another category, and even as a planner, share this wide and far, share this so that people can understand and learn a little bit more about this field and do it right well. Okay, so and, and just because someone shared this with you does not mean you're like doing it wrong or anything so much as they see you and they love you and they want you to be able to take some shortcuts here because when when, when we try to learn it on our own, like why? Why learn it on our own? There's so much out there, okay? So they're just trying to help you get to the right re- resources faster so you can skip three years of trial and error, okay? So don't take it personally if someone shared this, all right? Here's the deal. A lot of people will start companies without any experience at all. I'm sorry, excuse me, what? (laughs) What? It's a business, right? Like a lot of companies require a four-year degree to hire entry-level positions. And you're going to start a business with no experience? I'm sorry, no, sit down. That's not how this works, okay? Much less, have you received your license, your insurance, any of that? I mean, y'all, this is a big deal. I'm here for the American dream. I am here for work hard, make it happen. I am here for, you know, your goals, your ambitions looking different than someone else's goals and ambitions and all of that. But there are right and wrong ways to do things, okay? And not having experience going into this and and thinking that we're gonna offer two, three, four, five weddings for free or at super low cost to figure it out is not how this goes, okay? That's not professional and I think a lot of us did start as, you know, hobbies. This was a hobby and we started, oh, maybe I'll earn a little bit of money. And I I do think, you know, there's nothing wrong with having a wedding or two that is lower cost entry fee and 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 trying some stuff out when it's your what your business for the first time, right? 
But if you're starting a business without, and, and you're figuring it out with the start of your business, that's where I'm, I'm going to pause a little bit here and encourage you to say, hey, let's go intern somewhere or get a job with a caterer or a florist and like, see kind of how it works behind the scenes before we're in charge of it, right? Because this is a very romanticized career choice. We see the movies, we fall in love with it, and that's what we want to do. We see the David Tutera films and how it all comes to life, and we don't think about the fact that he's got a staff of 50 making this happen. I don't know if that's accurate staff count, but I see what he does, and that's not just David Tutera. That's a whole thing. That's a whole, that's a, there's a lot involved there, and like several zeros at the end of that dollar sign, right? So, and most of us are not working with budgets like that. So, it's not as, it's not, the system's different. So I would encourage that we all gain experience through working with other planners, working with caterers, working with florists, because it gives insight into how hard this is. This is a really, really, really hard industry. There's nothing glamorous about the job itself, right? There are perks of the job that are absolutely glamorous in the sense that we get to go to planner luncheons and we sit in the networking events are just out of this world amazing. And, you know, we get to go to conferences in Las Vegas and there are some really, really cool things about it, right? I would call those perks, but the job itself, like <laughs> it sucks, right? So we're only doing, the only people doing this are ones that like genuine love serving people. And that takes a special kind of grit because you're getting yelled at, you're getting, you're sweaty. It's, I mean, it's just hard. Okay. So go figure out the grit part. And if this is for you before selecting this career, because you don't want to figure that out once you've left your nine to five and are starting a business. Right. And I think that anyone can learn the job, but grit can't be taught. And and perseverance can't be taught. So you either have it or you don't. So go figure out if you have it, right? Don't build your life around the idea of a career without being willing to invest in your business as well, okay? And what that means is we're not MacGyvering our way through a startup. We're not gonna duct tape it together. We're not gonna do everything ourselves. Yes, that is part of entrepreneurship. And that is part of starting a business is, wearing a lot of hats. Okay. But you're not going to leave a nine to five to go work 24 seven, because that is, you know, the funny meme and the reality of a lot of entrepreneurs, but it's not my reality. It's not the reality of a lot of people I coach. It doesn't have to be your reality. And if you're, if, if you're doing it right and well, it does, it, it doesn't have to be your reality. And, and maybe depending on different goals and, and boxes, people want to check, you know, that's seasonal and that's not, that's one thing, right? Starting your business is exciting. It's fun. It's easy to put in those 16 hour days, right? But then that gets away from you at some point. So as you're starting, start with the boundaries. Start with the, I'm going to work from nine to five. That's that. We'll get as far as we can. You need to be willing to invest in your business from the start. I think everyone needs to have several thousand dollars set aside immediately to go ahead and join whatever, you know, program they need to join or like mentoring program. And if, you know, this is planner specific to the audience that's listening right now, join the Refine Collective because on a monthly basis, you have access to Team Refine. You get templates, you get the community, you can ask any questions without all the noise of 20 people answering, having not read the answer above theirs. And it's all the same stuff. And it's like, hello, something new here, or 
you know, getting lost in this big thread of everyone's asked this question 12 times and so we're all irritated answering it again, right? Like the Refine Collective reduces all of that noise. It's not there and it's so supportive. And again, you get the monthly, you get the one-on-one -on -one access with people that have been doing this forever and, you know, live speaking sessions and ways to ask professional, like, I mean, once or twice a year, we have a lawyer in there. You get to come in and ask any question you want without having to go pay, you know, hundreds of dollars for your 15 minutes with the lawyer, right? Okay, so join, make sure you're joining a program like that. So you have ongoing access to a mentor. Make sure you scoop up as many templates as you possibly can because you're not going to reinvent the will. This will was created two decades ago. You're not gonna, you know, you may be really smart. <clears throat> you're really smart, okay? But because you're smart, you're not, you're gonna surround yourself with people that are smarter than you and I've done this before you and are just gonna snag the templates. There's no reason to create something. I know you can do it. I know you're smart. I know you're capable. But if you're creating it from scratch, like are like, maybe you're smart, but are you wise? <laughs> Use some wisdom here and go snag the templates. And I'll tell you right now, if you're listening, we've got a 25% off code that, uh, that for it's spring, 25 and it's set to expire on 315 but as I'm recording this I believe that it'll air on 316 so we'll just go ahead and extend that code so if you're listening today go grab it okay spring it's 25 on the refineforweddingplanners.com website will get you 25% off anything in the refine shop it does exclude the refine portal and it excludes the refine membership <clears throat> Go grab some templates. Okay. So you're going to have some money to invest. You're going to set up your website properly. You're going to have proper brand messaging and brand um, collateral. Branding is not just a logo that you whip together on Canva that everyone that's been doing business long enough knows this is from Canva and colors and fonts. That's not branding. Branding is so much deeper than that. There's a message involved. And sometimes it can take professional copywriters to get that voice right okay understanding your ideal client and your target audience is going to come with some time but be thinking about that from the get-go and be reflecting on previous careers on I mean even if you all you're doing is folding clothes at Old Navy which by the way please never sign me up for that job because talk about grit and hard you're learning a lot about people in general in a service industry position where you know the way you like and don't like being treated learn from that okay and apply it to your ideal um target reach within this new business you're starting. I think that it's really important to stop asking for free shit. Like, hey, can I pick your brain over this? If one more person asks to pick my brain when they know full well I own a business coaching people, back off. No, this is my, this is what, this is how, hey, this is how I put a roof over my head and buy my food. Like, I'm sorry, I'm not walking into my dentist and asking for free, you know, I don't know cleanings and stuff like what no you're not gonna pick my brain you're gonna sit down and you're gonna pay me for the knowledge that I've worked years and years and years and years and years to to pick up and absorb and and have wisdom around okay absolutely let's you know pay it forward let's absolutely make connections and introductions and say hey you know pull it we can do some favors if someone that I know really 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 well says hey will you please meet with this person it would you know, this side of the other, and like, yeah, I'm going to do that. I've set aside some of those pick my brain moments, right? 
but that's usually coming because there's that connection and there's that um they've they've done something to show mutual benefit or uh, there's just more there than simply like hey can i pick your brain because that's just lazy and it's offensive and especially when you're coming into our corner and saying great can i get this and then i'm gonna go have someone else teach it to me it's like but i created it let me teach it to you i don't respect the respect the the communities that you're in in that way, right? Um, don't be a lurker. Don't don't just ask people in those communities to pick their brain without being willing to then at the end of it, send them something as a thank you or pay them for their time or offer at a minimum. And they may say, hey, don't worry about it. Someone helped me along the road. I'm happy to help you. But that offer and that approach goes a long, long, long way, okay? I think doing market research and understanding, you know, how to best price for profit without undercutting your market is really critical. And that's a big mistake that a lot of people are making. And and in doing so, it attracts clients that don't value this. And there's that's a, this is a whole nother podcast episode in and of itself. But what it does is it's it creates it creates this perfect storm. Okay. And it, it attracts a certain kind of client. So then when you put together a vendor team and you, you've brought them to hire the photographer you've dreamed of working with, and then you get into the wedding day and it's a total cluster because this client was, as I'm telling you in this moment, is predictably a disaster. Then all that does is make you look like a disaster in front of all these other wedding pros who now never want to work with you again. All because you thought $500 would build your books and, and get you in your market and then you would raise your prices. No, start with the appropriate pricing. Even if this is a brand new business, you've gained experience from something, right? And that has value. So price appropriately. Undercutting only hurts everybody. It hurts everybody. Because um, now the photographer is going to get a bad review and they have nothing to do with your chaos. Use proper industry terms. Day of coordination doesn't exist. Bye. Drop it. Stop. This is, this is, we're at nine, we're at the nine year mark of trying to cancel that term. Nine years we have been talking about this. Why are you still using it? That is for the people that are not new to this industry. Those of you just coming in, please know, don't use it. It's still out there a little bit for SEO purposes, but the proper term is event management. That's also a podcast episode in of itself. And stay tuned. We do talk about it quite a bit. But essentially, if you were to walk in, there, it's just, there's no such thing as day of. Like there's work that's done ahead of that. And so that's where scope creep comes in. That's where clients take advantage of us. They get confused. Well, like, you know, it's called day of, but they're doing more. So like, maybe I'll ask for this one more thing. And then and then they get frustrated and we are frustrated that they ask and it's just not clear. It's just this whole thing. And so call it month of or event management or whatever it is, but like, it's not day of, okay? That's called like, you know, couple concierge services or something or like setup services. That's called labor. Day of is called labor. There's no, there's no coordinating that. You cannot coordinate something you did not have a part in planning. Truth bombs, okay? All right. What I want you to do from here is go onto the Refine website. Again, it's www.refineforweddingplanners.com. And I want you to grab our mini um, kit called So You Want to Be a Wedding Planner. And check that out. Listen to it. It's 
low-hanging fruit that'll help you enter the industry. It'll talk about education and where to get experiences and internships and assistant positions. It'll talk about networking. It'll talk to you about um, starting that business, uh, you know, right and well, the right way. And most importantly, biggest value of this thing, actually, that's all really valuable. But like one of the biggest values of this thing is a list of 50 things from wedding planners all over the world, 50 things they think you should know before you decide if you're going to be a wedding planner or not. Like we've pulled back the curtain and we're bringing out the good, bad, and the ugly. And some of this stuff is just so sweet. Like you need to know that every time you send a client down the aisle, you're going to have some emotion about it. Maybe not every time. I don't like absolutes. Let's pull that back. But I can't tell you how many times I've shed a tear when I send that client down the aisle. And it's like this breakup that happens because we've talked all the time. And then I send this person down the aisle and then it's their party. And like, I'm just in the background now. And, you know, they've been my friend this whole time. And now they're with the, with their other friends. And it's just, you rip it apart and you <laughs> then they're on their honeymoon and I don't hear from them again. Right? Like there's, there, it's an emotional roller coaster. That's that's a beautiful part about it, you know, like sending them down and being excited about it. But then there are also just like really ugly, nasty things about this industry that you need to know before you sign up. So go grab that kit, learn what you need to learn, give us a call, ask us questions, shoot us a DM, and let us help you. We wanna we wanna join you on your journey and get you to where you can get set up properly and from there scale appropriately so that you can work less and make more. All right, hope to see you next week. Bye, refiners.